Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. I'm your host, Brother Vinny Fitzgerald, and today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and to develop into spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. Whether you've never opened a Bible or have read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our topic is going to be guarding our spirit. Let's begin in Psalm 51. Psalm 51, which was written to the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone in to Bathsheba. Let's begin in the first verse. It says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Verse 6 is very important. It says, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. We find within this verse two different parts. We find the inward parts and the hidden part. We have to understand both of these parts because they are closely related. The hidden part is our spirit. Our spirit is the part of us that is purely spiritual. It is our innermost being and our most intimate part. It's the part of us that connects to God. Hidden is defined as concealed, placed in secrecy, unseen, mysterious. The Hebrew word used for hidden is sophim, which is derived from the Assyrian, meaning storehouse or treasury. The part of speech in the Hebrew is the infinitive construct. This speaks to the infinitive nature of our spirit, and it further demonstrates how it's the most important and precious part of our being. It is the part of us that we least understand. It's mysterious, partly because of the fact that it's deep within us. The inward part, on the other hand, is our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. Unlike our spirit, which is purely spiritual, and our body, which is purely natural, our soul is the mediator between the spirit, and the body. The Hebrew 
used for the phrase inward parts is tuka. One of the meanings for this according to Strong's concordance is inmost thought. This shows us that we are dealing with the intellect and in turn, the soul. It also means the seat of faithfulness and seat of wisdom. Our soul is the part of us that is our attitude. How we understand, how we feel, and how we make choices all fall under the umbrella of the soul. Our soul is within us. It's inward. And as mediator between our spirit and body, it operates in both the spiritual and the natural realms. One of the definitions for inward parts is the seat of wisdom. Then, in verse 6, it says, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you shall make me to know wisdom. Now we find wisdom in connection to both the spirit and the soul. We need to take a closer look at this relationship. Like our soul, which is made up of free parts, mind, emotions, and will, our spirit is likewise made up of free parts, conscience, intuition, and communion. Once we understand this as the foundation, we can then understand how we receive wisdom. Wisdom is a gift from God. It is purely spiritual, and because of this, it has to do with our spirit. It requires our intuition. Through our intuition, we discern, perceive, and recognize the gift of wisdom. Once we have done this, using our intuition, we need to then understand the wisdom that we have discerned and perceived. And this is where our soul comes in. We understand wisdom using our mind and our intellect. This is how we process the wisdom that we've received from God in our spirit. Our inward parts, our soul, is the seat of wisdom. Because once we understand the wisdom in our soul, we can apply it to our lives, both outwardly through the actions of the body and inwardly through our mind, will, and emotions. Our wisdom, if rightly perceived and understood and applied, affects and influences our entire being, spirit, soul, and body. Even if we use our intuition, wisdom will do us no good unless we understand it because we can never apply something if we don't first understand it. This is why the soul is the seat of wisdom. The soul is the mediator of wisdom, translating it from perception to action. In Matthew Henry's commentary of Psalm 51, when referring to verse 6, he says, Truth and wisdom will go very far towards making a man a good man. What God requires of us, he himself works in us and he works it in the regular way, enlightening the mind, and so gaining the will. David was conscious of the uprightness of his heart towards God in his repentance, and therefore doubted not, but God would accept him. He hoped that God would enable him to make good his resolutions, that in the hidden part, in the new man, which is called the hidden man of the heart, he would make him to know wisdom, so as to discern and avoid the designs of the tempter another time. We find here again the importance of both the spirit and soul, especially when it comes to wisdom. The phrase he uses, the hidden man of the heart, is in reference to 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 3-4, three through four, which says, Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair, and of wearing of gold, or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. 
we find further evidence here that our hidden part is our spirit. Matthew Henry also said in reference to 1 Peter 3, 4, A true Christian's chief care lies in the right ordering and commanding of his own spirit. Where the hypocrite's work ends, there the true Christian's work begins. The endowments of the inner man are the chief ornaments of a Christian, but especially a composed, calm, and quiet spirit renders either man or woman beautiful and lovely. Our spirit is of great price to God because it is our most intimate part and it's the part of us that connects to Him. When God designs us, He hides our spirit deep within us because of its value, similar to how we hide valuable and important things out of sight in order to protect and preserve them. God cares about the state of our spirit, which is why we must guard our spirit. This is one of the most important jobs that we have as Christians. Many times the heart is used interchangeably with spirit in the scripture. The Hebrew word that is normally used for heart is leb, meaning inner man. In the Greek, the word normally used for heart is cardia, which means inner self, center. Strong's Concordance tells us, cardia means the effective center of our being, our desire, decisions that establish who we really are. It also says cardia is mentioned over 800 times in the scripture, but never referring to the literal physical pump that drives the blood. Heart is only used figuratively, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Proverbs 4.23 tells us, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Guarding our heart is crucial to our spiritual health. David understood the importance of the state of the spirit. This is why in verse 10 he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Since our spirit is so valuable, and since guarding our spirit is such an important part of our Christian life, we need to ask ourselves, how exactly do we guard our spirit? Before we can answer this, we need to look at what role the soul plays in guarding our spirit. The soul, being the mediator between the body and the spirit, plays a very decisive role. One of the other meanings in Hebrew for inward parts, beyond what we looked at earlier, in Psalm 51 and 6, is kidneys. The role of the kidney in the natural, as an organ of our natural body, is to cleanse the blood of toxins and transform bodily waste into excrement. With this understanding, it is interesting to note the comparison of the soul to the kidneys. The spiritual meaning of this comparison is that the soul's job as mediator is to keep the wrong things away from our spirit and only allow the right things in. It's supposed to keep the world's toxins and the world's waste out of our spirit. The soul acts as the gatekeeper deciding what is allowed to enter in and what is forced to stay out. If we allow the wrong things into our spirit, eventually the wrong things will come out of our spirit. This is guaranteed. Let's go to Matthew chapter 15. In Matthew chapter 15, beginning in the 10th verse, it says, And he called the multitude, and he said unto them, Hear and understand. 
Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after that they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly, and is cast out into the draught? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. We allow ourselves to become defiled when we fail to guard our spirit and allow things in that the enemy uses to harm us and to tear us down. We need to be careful and vet what we allow to go into our spirit. We have to allow the right things in, things that will build us up and strengthen us. When we do, we will find that our spirit will be a wellspring of life to us. When it comes to the soul's involvement in guarding our spirit, each branch of our soul mind, emotions, and will, each have their own unique individual part to play, and we need to take a closer look at these different roles. When it comes to the mind's role in guarding the spirit, we have to watch what we allow ourselves to see and hear. Some things in life are picked up by immersion. If we're constantly around certain people or certain things, we begin to exemplify similar qualities as they do, and we start heading the wrong way. Many times, the enemy puts people in our lives and stumbling blocks in our paths to get us to let our guard down. The enemy loves to use subtlety. He seeks to divide us, pitting our fallen sinful natural self against our redeemed spiritual self. We must stay diligent and watch for these subversive attacks. Friends are like elevators. They bring you up with them or they bring you down with them, but they never leave you on the same floor that they found you. We need to watch who the elevator operator is because they all don't have your best interests at heart. We can't allow ourselves to let our guard down. We have to watch who we allow to speak into our lives. Job said in Job 31 and 1, I have made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? We likewise need to make a covenant with our eyes and our ears. Let's go to Matthew chapter 13. In Matthew chapter 13, Beginning in the 15th verse, it says, For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men had desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. Our eyes and ears are entrances that we need to guard. We should make a covenant with God to do so. Philippians 4 and 8 tells us, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, 
If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Our mind is our intellect by which we understand things. We need to watch what we're being taught and what we're learning and what we're being told. These are all a part of how our mind guards our spirit. When it comes to emotions guarding our spirit, we must remember that our soul is our attitude. Our attitude makes a big difference. We need to have the right attitude. Our attitude in the spiritual realm acts as an attractor. If we have a bad, lousy attitude, we'll attract people and things to us that are harmful and detrimental to our spirit. On the other hand, if we have a hopeful, joyful, loving attitude, we'll attract people and things to us that are beneficial and uplifting to our spirit. We need to keep a good, steady attitude at all times, no matter what attacks the enemy is throwing at us. This is one of our greatest defenses. We must also avoid extreme emotions. They will only harm us. We can't expect to have extreme emotions and also have a composed, calm, and quiet spirit at the same time. They don't go together. We must stay diligent to guard our attitude and our emotions. Lastly, we need to look at the will's involvement in guarding our spirit. Our will is our volition, our ability to make choices and decisions. We have the ability to decide what we allow and what we don't allow into our spirit. This is a choice that we have to make. This is where we have to use our discernment. We have to discern if certain things and certain people are good or bad for our spirit. If we let our guard down and choose to let anything and everything into our spirit, then our spirit will quickly be overrun by the enemy. We have to think of the implications and the effects when we are deciding to let certain things into our spirit. We need to make informed decisions. We need to protect the most intimate part of our being. And that starts with our choice to only let in things that are beneficial and edifying to us. The greatest way to guard our spirit is by getting and staying full of the Holy Spirit. When we're full of the Holy Spirit, He warns us through our intuition when something is bad or harmful for our spirit. We will have a knowing within us that will warn us when we are inviting in the wrong things. He will also let us know by our conscience. We will know what's good and what's bad because the Holy Spirit will tell us. When the Holy Spirit dwells within us, He dwells within our spirit because it is the part of us that is purely spiritual. When we're not filled with the Holy Spirit, we're vulnerable to unclean and foul spirits attempting to enter into us, first through oppression and then through possession. Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 to 45 say, When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeketh rest, and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goeth he, and taketh with himself seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man shall be worse than the first. Even so shall it be unto this wicked generation. David understood the role of the Holy Spirit in guarding his spirit. That's why he said in Psalm 51 verses 10 to 12, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. The Holy Spirit will greatly help us when we endeavor to guard our spirit, but we must listen and obey when he speaks to us. 
doing so is beneficial to the state of our spirit. Psalm 51 verses 16 through 17 say, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Many people today have a broken, contrite spirit because they've allowed the toxins and the waste from the world to enter into their spirit. All the garbage that the world offers, if left unchecked, come in and overrun our spirit until we lose control of it completely. The word broken is the Hebrew word shabar, meaning to shiver, break in pieces, reduce to splinters. A broken and contrite heart is the Hebrew word daka, meaning to crumble, beat to pieces, bruise, crush, humble, smitten, maimed, dejected. Dake's Reference Bible says God will not despise a broken and a contrite spirit or heart because of his infinite compassion, mercy, and grace, which are promised to all who are crushed and beaten to pieces by sin and satanic powers. These people are oppressed, and when they offer the sacrifice of a broken and a contrite spirit to the Lord, he restores us by his Holy Spirit and creates in us a new, right spirit, a composed, calm, and quiet spirit. Even when we have nothing in the natural to offer, just offer up your heart to God, and many times it's the greatest possible sacrifice that we can give. God didn't design us for the waste and the toxins of the world. If you allow the toxins into your spirit, they then affect your soul and then your body. God has promised in Philippians 4 that he will keep our heart and mind, and we need to claim this promise in faith. God made our spirit to be the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit and to be a wellspring of life to us. We need to make the choice today to stay diligent in guarding our spirit no matter what. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word, Lord God. We thank you for revelation from your word. Lord, we thank you that you have given us a spirit, a soul, and a body, that we have the inward parts and the hidden part. And Lord, we love our hidden part. We love our spirit. And Lord, we ask that you protect our spirit. Help us to activate the soul to be the filter which blocks out all the waste and the toxins of this world and of the enemy. Lord, we thank you that you have given us the ability and the wherewithal to know, to keep out the things that are bad for us and to only let in those things which are beneficial and uplifting to us. Lord, we thank you that it is our inheritance to only have good things come into our spirit. And Lord, we thank you that we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us and that you will continue to build us up and strengthen us throughout our entire being. And Lord, give us the strength and the courage and the wisdom to guard our spirit in the way that you desire for us too. Lord, we thank you. We give you all the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to guard your spirit and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. If you prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you'd like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com 
And if you'd like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We appreciate also if you write a review from wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And if you follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.